2: wants to squeeze us into his way of thinking. Don't let Satan define who you are. Let God in his word define who you are. Well, what does that look like, Pastor Mark? Look at me. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to read these verses. Knowing Christ is returning should make a difference in our behavior now. Knowing he's coming back, knowing I'll stand before the judgment seat, knowing that the world doesn't know anything about our loving God should make a difference in my behavior
0: people live in this world and without hope and without god they run after one religion or another and only reap disappointment they run to the temporary thrills of sin and come out feeling even more frustrated eager to find meaning in life many run to adventures trying to fill an empty void in their lives but they feel more miserable than before but against this backdrop of despair, Pastor Mark will tell us that Jesus presents himself as our hope. He is our hope because he died in order to save us. He is our hope because he will come back for us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, with our continuing study entitled, how to Live While the World is Ending.
1: Well, let your
2: for John 1.12, you see it. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed the name, he gave the right to become sons and daughters, children of God. Why? Because of his amazing love. This verse clearly tells us that we didn't become a believer by good works. You didn't become a Christian because you belonged to some religious organization. By the way, the next verse, we don't have time this morning, goes on and says, it's not of man. You and I didn't become a believer because our parents were a believer. You heard me this morning in the baby dedications. That child, those two young girls, must accept Jesus Christ personally. But we can help them by modeling Jesus. Now understand, it's the grace of God that saved us. John emphasized that we are God's children right now. Sometimes we forget that. Would you this morning with a smile on your face, just turn to your your neighbor and say this, I'm a child of God right now. I'm a child of God right now. Would you do that all our campuses? Is that like a good thing? I'm a child of God right now. I have a father, the Bible says, that loves to give good gifts to his kids. But he didn't just save us. He adopted us, the scripture says, and he put us into the family of God. We are family. Would you just turn to the neighbor now? Uh, Now you're going to have to look at him. And you're going to have to say this. We're in the same family. (laughs) Would you just say that right now? We're in the same. How many want to change roles right now? You want? I'm not really too interested in that person. No, you're going to be with them in heaven, so you might as well get used to it. When we get to the book of Acts, what do we hear in the book of Acts? Together, together, together. Guys, we're family this morning. That's a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. By the way, I talked about this last night. In heaven, we're going to be family. In heaven, there's no marriage. I just leave that alone and just continue to move on there. I just cheese you with that because that's true. We'll see what happens. All right. So remember the statement I made to you this morning? Since we're children of God, what's my responsibility? To please the Father. When Jesus was here, he would say this. I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the will of my Father. Let me let me read you. Luke 2.49, listen. Jesus said this one day. Do you not know that I must be about my Father's business? May I have you kindly look at me in the eyes this morning? And I'm reminding myself all over campuses. You're not here to do your business. We're here to do his business. Now, it doesn't mean we can't enjoy family and friends and time. Absolutely. But bottom line, I'm not here to do my thing. I'm here to do his thing. And when you begin to see that, that will make you confident at the judgment seat of Christ. Pastor Mark, why did you tell us that today? Cause John tells us that. You don't want to appear at the judgment seat of Christ and go like, well, like nobody told me I was going to be like accountable. We don't like that word accountable. We're all going to be accountable. So it's a privilege and a responsibility. Now, what was the business that Jesus was in? Well, of course, going to the cross. Of course, making disciples. But the bottom line business that Jesus is in is in this verse. Take a look. One day, Jesus simply made this statement. For the Son of Man, Jesus, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Seek in order to find, to go after. Who did Jesus seek? The lost. Those who do not know God and those who are not children of God. Why did he come to seek them? Because he knew they would perish if they didn't become a child of God. Now look at 1 John 3, 1, the last part of the verse. Look at me. Viera here in Melbourne, those of you watching on it, watch this. The reason the world does not know us, as Christians, is that it did not know him. John says the world doesn't know God. That's why our mission To go to the world. I want to remind you this morning that we're the church of Jesus Christ. And he left us here to go and change our world. Starting in Melbourne and in Vieira and the Sebastian area. This is our starting place. And we're going to fulfill that mission. We're supposed to go to a world that doesn't know they can have a personal relationship with God. I can tell you after like 50 some years of ministry. That's the number one confusing thing to people. I have more people over the last 50 years say to me, I was in church all my life. I never knew I could have a personal relationship with God. I never knew I could talk with him. He would speak to me. I never knew I could praise him from the bottom of my heart by myself. I never knew that. I thought it was just form and ritual. No, the world simply doesn't know. They don't know that God loves them. They see all of these things happening in the world. If you watch yesterday, I watched CNN just before I came to church last night. The announcer said this, I have four top news stories. Murders, 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 murders all over the country. Let me pick one to start. We go to Oklahoma, what do we see? And see the world goes, that's God. That was. That's never God, that's Satan. God never designed the world to be filled with pain. Now, understand also, the world doesn't have any hope. It doesn't have any eternal hope at all. It doesn't even want to think about the end. It doesn't want to think about death. Because they don't simply know that they can be a child of God. Let me remind you of something very important today. CCM and all of our campuses are not about what happens within the walls of this building. The problem we have in the church per se, not as much here but we do still have it, is that many Christ followers are takers of... They have a consumer mentality. They walk into our churches, and it may be you this morning. I'm going to challenge you. They walk into our churches and hear what they say. What do you have for me today? Is the choir going to be good? Well, what do you got for me today? What's the sermon Balmer's going to give us? Is it going to be okay or not? We're not here to be consumers. We're not here to be takers. We're here to be givers. God so loved the world, he he gave. Love is a a verb. So let me remind you, don't be a taker. Be a giver. Serve. Get in connected. People outside the walls are to be touched by us. We need to understand we are to infiltrate our world with the love of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to show you two things. And overall, this is what it means. Take a look at these two things. Write them down. Most people have this mentality in the church. Oh, come and see. Come to the church. See the music. See this short pastor. Come to the church. Most people, no, I'm, I'm not against inviting people to the church. But that was never the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Here it is here. Go and tell. You go and tell what God's done for you. And then you invite them into the church. Do you you understand this morning? You you go and tell, and then you say, "Come on, come on with me, and watch what God can do in a church service." It's not about what's happening in here only. It's really about what's happening outside the walls. And you and I have to be understanding that God's success includes something. I want to give you a, a verse, and I want you to write it down. And I want you to look at it this week. It's in the New Living Translation. You'll see it. This is the goal of our church, all of our campuses. This is what we want to have said about us. Not because it's about us, but God. Watch this, what it says. The same good news, Colossians 1 6, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. And you guys are doing that through missions and short trips and all kind of neat stuff. It is bearing fruit, notice, everywhere. What are we after in this church? Same thing Jesus was after. Changed lives. We're not after more numbers, we're not after more buildings, we're not after more money, not interested in all that just, we're after changed lives. Notice, just as it changed your life, from the day you first heard, people have to hear that they can have hope, they can have a changed life, and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. That's what I want CCM to continue to look like. That's what I want the people saying about us, because that's God's will for our lives. Thank you for being part of that. Thank you for remembering why we're here. It's not about buildings. It's not about members of people. It's about changed lives in our world. The mission of Jesus. I want to please the Father. Now look at verse 2. 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know, watch this, when he appears, the rapture, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. How many of you here this morning, look at me, how many of you here this morning like surprises? How many like surprises? Oh, what a dull, drunk crowd here. <laughs> Pastor Mario, I just want to go through life. I'm not really interested in a surprise. Jesus, help you. Heaven's going to be boring for you. Oh, wow, look at this, wow. What else do you have for me? Let me just challenge you. A surprise is a freshness. Try something different. Go to a different restaurant. Not just the drive-thru. Try something different. Get excited about it. What is John saying? Heaven's going to be a surprise for us. Why? Well, here's what you want to write this morning. Number five. The best is yet to come. We will be like Jesus. Romans 8.29 tells us that While we're here, God's trying to conform us into his image. That's his ultimate goal. It will absolutely be fulfilled in heaven. As great as it is to be a child of God right here now, I love it. The best is yet to come. No question that we're all a work in progress. But the best is yet, there's a day coming when I'll no longer be subject to sin. Could I hear an amen? No more temptation. I'll be totally righteous. I won't be God, but I'm going to be morally just like God. I'm going to look like me. I'm going to have a personality like me, but I'm going to have a personality makeover. It's going to be positive. It's not going to be negative. It doesn't have the old sin. It's not going to be selfish. It's all going to be giving. It's going to be filled with praise. That, the best is yet to come. It's coming. So that gives me what? It gives me hope. No matter what's happening here, And I'm going to be praying for all of you at the campuses. I'm going to ask you to stand toward the end after the salvation for those of you who are a little hopeless this morning. There's a marriage issue. There's a financial issue. There's a job issue. There's a circumstance issue. There's a person. And you're hopeless. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning as we did last night. Hundreds of people stood. And we're going to ask God to put hope into your life this morning. You see, the best is yet to come. John reminds us. You can have hope, because hope is based on the Word of God. He is coming back. Now, look at verse 3. Everyone who has this hope, what hope? That Jesus is coming back again. Jesus is coming back. The rapture and the second coming. By the way, in the second coming, who's coming with him? We are. Remember, one day, Jesus, he just gave the great uh, empowerment Uh, You'll be filled with the power so you can go and change your world. And then Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, before the disciples, went right up into heaven. And the disciples are going, wow, wow, that was like supernatural. And the angels were there and they said, what are you looking at? What do you think I'm looking at? And he says, quit looking. Don't worry about it. You get about the business because this same Jesus is coming back to the same spot. As you saw him go, he's coming back. This and the rapture gives me what? It gives me hope because he is coming back. He's already gone, John 14, to prepare a place for us in heaven. So look what John says. Everyone who has this hope, it does something to us. In him, it purifies himself just as he is pure. Holiness and purity means separation to God. John says, if you're a Christian, you need to live different. The problem we have in our world is that many Christians look exactly and live exactly like the world. We're not talking about being weird, but we're talking about being holy. So here's the last thing I want you to write this morning. Knowing Jesus is returning motivates us to live a Pure, holy life. When? Right now. Not when we get to heaven, I'll be holy. There's no sin there. You sang Yahweh this morning. Holy is your name. I won't be that holy until I get there. Then I'll be like him. Right now, I can live holy with the power of of God. Now turn with me to Colossians chapter three, and I want to put some just practical things to it before we close and pray this morning. Colossians chapter three, and go, if you will, on all of our campuses, Vier in here, to chapter three. And watch what Paul says. Since I'm living now, I'm going to die, I'm going to go in the rapture. One of those two things. I'm going to die or I'm going to go in the rapture. So how should I be living while this world gets worse and worse and worse? How should I be living? I don't have a, a negative viewpoint. I already know it's going to get worse. Look at verse 2. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Paul says this, think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. What's he mean? He simply means this, focus on where you're going. But don't forget you live here. But you're just temporary here. So don't get depressed. Don't lose hope. Well, Pastor Mark, man, a, the government's listening to my and, 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 yeah. Don't lose hope. Focus on heaven. Now watch what he says in verse 3. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed when he comes to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now, notice the first word in verse 2. Look at it. Think. The battle is in our minds. The battle is in our minds. If I think right by reading God's word, then I'm going to live right. The battle is in The mind. I'll talk more next week. Satan wants to squeeze us into his way of thinking. Don't let Satan define who you are. Let God in his word define who you are. Well, what does that look like, Pastor Mark? Look at me. I'm going to say this and I'm going to read these verses. Knowing Christ is returning should make a difference in our behavior now. Knowing he's coming back Knowing I'll stand before the judgment seat. Knowing that the world doesn't know anything about our loving God should make a difference in my behavior. It should challenge me to live right, to be right, to please the Father, to share right, to be ready. Now, watch how... Well, he kind of gets into our face. Look at verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. In other words, if you're living with somebody today, if you're having sex outside of marriage, stop it. Lust. We'll talk about pornography some next week. How that's absolutely just going into every aspect. And I'm going to give you some quotes from Four to six-year-olds, how they're being faced with it. Amazing what's happening in our world. Notice what he goes on to say. Don't be greedy. What is a greedy person? It's a person that's a taker, not a giver. Pastor Mark, I'm not going to tithe. That's fine. What are you? You're greedy. It's not your money anyway. I'm not going to give to God. You're greedy. Notice what else he says. For a greedy person is an idolater. Worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, whoa, the anger of God is coming. Now watch verse 7. I love it. You, use, circle the word, use. This used to be you. This is all of us. Before we came to Christ, we did these things. Because we were a part of the world. But look at verse 8. But now, you're different. Well, here's some more things we've got to watch. Get rid of anger and rage. And malicious behavior, and slander, and dirty language. Very often I have a, a woman, basically, come to me, a wife, and says, my husband has never hit me, but he's angry with me. He's always in a rage. He's always downing me. He's always belittling me. Husbands, come on. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Well, I don't hit my wife. You might as well. You're doing the same thing in her mind. Come on. It should not be in the church. We should be different. And watch this. Get rid of slander. No gossip. Dirty language. Now don't lie to each other, for you have all, you stripped off your old nature. That's the old you. That's not us anymore. And all of its wicked deeds. Watch verse 10. And put on your new nature. What is my new nature? Jesus. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and watch us, and you become like him. Be ready for Christ's return. How do I do that? By being pure. As the world comes to the end, we need to be reminded. We have to be ready. The rapture's coming. We don't know when it is. Be holy. Be pure. Be separate. A life represents who God made you. You're not who you used to be. I'm not the old Mark Balmer. I'm who I am now. So be filled with hope. We're the only ones that have hope for the future. Our hope is based on the promises of God that he's coming back. He is. The best is yet to come. Now, there's two things I want to do just before we end. I'm going to share first. So just look at me. Don't even put your Bibles away. You don't have time for that right now. Just look at me on all the campuses. Just look at me. First thing I'm going to do is minister to some of you who are not children of God yet. Second thing we're going to do after that is over with, we're going to ask those of you that Are struggling this morning without some hope there's there's issues and there's something i'm going to ask you to stand I'm going to pray for you. So look at me. Here's a verse. I want you to see this morning Yet to all who received him To those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of god There's three things you have to do to be a christian. There's three things you have to do to have your sins forgiven There's three things really you have to do so that you know that you're going to be in heaven And it gives you hope today you have to believe you have to believe that jesus christ died on the cross and you have to believe you're a sinner and you need to say you're sorry for your sins second you receive him good people don't go to heaven forgiven people go to heaven the greatest thing that keeps you from God could be religion it could be your good works but you have to believe and you have to receive you have to ask him to come in come in and then you become you become a child of God believe receive become a child of God and then we begin to follow him and I'd like to invite those of you here who have never really done those things? You've never become a child of God. You you don't. You're not confident this morning. Maybe you backslidden. You want to absolutely be confident that when you leave this building, you're a child of God. Because see, without it, there is no hope. There is no hope.
0: Did you know that there is a day coming where you won't be tempted with sin anymore? Pastor Mark told us that the best is yet to come. Christ followers can have the hope that the best is yet to come because Jesus is coming back for us. That will be a glorious day. We will be changed in that moment to be more like Jesus. We won't be subject to temptation. We will receive a new makeover. That gives us great hope.
3: You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website.
0: Now be sure and tune in next time. Pastor Mark will teach us how to keep following Jesus on the road of life. Life is hard. We all can agree on that. But God offers an easier path in life to every person. It's in the knowledge that Jesus came to remove our sins. That is the event of salvation. The process of salvation is called justification. And the completion of salvation is sanctification. Pastor Mark will explain all of this to us next time. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your Lessons for Living